Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. There was no collusion. I didn't know the president. Uh, there was nobody to collude with. There was no collusion with the campaign. And every time you hear all of these, you know, 12 and 14, it's stuff that has nothing to do. And frankly, they admit these are not people involved in the campaign. But to the average reader out there, they're saying, well, maybe that does. It doesn't. Uh, and even the people involved, some perhaps told misstories, although in one case the FBI said there was no lie. There was no lie. Somebody else said there was. All right. That was Donald Trump earlier this, this afternoon. And where this is all going is going to be interesting in the next 24 hours to 48-hour news cycle because, of course, a lot of people are saying his own members of his own party, for example, uh, Corker and McCain, uh, Lindsey Graham as well, that he dropped the ball and uh, he should have been more forceful and assertive and uh, called out Putin, especially when they were standing side by side at their respective podiums. I don't know if that's practical to do, but uh, it's one of those topics worthy of discussion coming up with our panel. Uh, Trump saying that because Putin gave him every assertion that Russia's never tampered with an American election, he's sort of conflating that to collusion. It uh, may be that, you know, there was tampering, as the intelligence agencies are saying, and they're pretty much adamant about that much. Doesn't necessarily imply collusion, but that's uh, splitting hairs. And uh, we know with Trump and the comb over, you don't want to do that too often. So that's the point. We'll get around to it. As I say, topics worthy of discussion or panel coming up. Councillor Gord Perks from Parkdale High Park on the issue of gentrification in that neighborhood. This campaign being waged that suggests there are certain rapacious realtors there who are selling out the community. So does the government need to necessarily intervene? There's so much government intervention on so many other fronts. As a matter of fact, we've seen that play out with cap-and-trade and all the subsidies for, well, for example, electric cars and the charging stations. Well, that is no more. As a matter of fact, the government has also canceled uh, as much as they can of these renewable energy contracts. 758 renewable energy contracts have been canceled, with the PC saying late last week that that saved $790 million. Critics object to that, say the numbers don't make sense. They say it's going to cost jobs. And so there you have it. Uh, Again, this is grist for the mill when we get to our panel, but also on the matter of these electric cars and charging stations. It's something I wanted to address with our friend John Carmichael, who's the CEO of the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council and a former Conservative member of Parliament. John, good to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Thank you, John. Good to be with you. So what do you make of this end to the rebate program? Because uh, they're saying this is going to uh, plummet electric car sales in Toronto, well, in Ontario in general, but the bulk of which would be in the GTA. Right. Do you see that happening? Well, I think, yes, I, there's obviously going to be a, a certain decline in sales, and I, and I think it, uh, it'll be significant. But that's relative to the number of electric vehicles that have been sold in the Toronto market. Um, it looks uh, some 7,500 vehicles were sold in all of Ontario in 2017, and when you transpose that to uh, the GTA or, or the Toronto market, 
it's probably uh, at least half of that number would have been in the Toronto market. So we're going to see if we see some of that uh, fallout, we're probably going to lose about half that volume of sales. So it's going to be, it's going to have an impact, no doubt about it. Didn't the Liberal government of Kathleen Wynne have a target that seemed so impractical and unrealistic? I can't remember what it was. Maybe you can refresh my memory. It... I, well, we talked about this uh, some months ago, and, uh, I, I, and I don't recall the exact number either, but it was somewhere around uh, 20%. And, um, and, and I could be high on that, but when you look at 1% of vehicles sold in all of Ontario... As the actual number right now, I think we both agreed back then that uh, that number was going to be very, very uh, aggressive and 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 difficult to hit. The um, and the there's no question that the uh, the rebate program, which has been around for most of 10 years, uh, on these vehicles, on those vehicles that were in market, uh, hasn't delivered uh, a substantive enough number that I think. Uh, it, it's it's that great uh, uh, a target, and that's my, that's been my problem. If if even with the uh, with the number of uh, the the dollars that were employed to uh, to subsidize these purchases, we still weren't seeing the numbers that would that would cause us to think that uh, consumers are really taking advantage of these, and and they are great cars but they just weren't buying them up. Like you say, 7,500 in all of Ontario. I think the Wynn Liberals were looking at a million and five by about 2020 or the early 20s, oh, <laughs> which was yeah, just I mean, pie in the sky. No, that well, that would have been... that In, in Canada alone, we do uh, around 1.7 million vehicles in total. So, you know, if you think of uh, 750,000 or even a million vehicles, in the Ontario market, which is it's, it's that's on the high side, um, if they hit 7,500 in 2017 and were able to take that up to uh, 100,000 vehicles, would have been in, uh, an impressive target. Uh, that was going to be very difficult to achieve. Yeah, maybe it was an extra zero I gave them credit for. Uh, could these cars sell without these subsidies? Oh, I think absolutely. I mean, these are these are fabulous vehicles. They're um, Every manufacturer now has uh, uh, at least several vehicles in their stable to choose from. And when you look at the vehicles that are being produced today, these these are great cars. The challenge I find is the is the charging stations. And you mentioned in your uh, in your um, uh, earlier uh, comment that uh, Cap and Trade was the provider of the funding for for these vehicles and for the charging stations. Well, I, I don't think that the cap-and-trade program was going to contribute. Now, maybe in the, in the total these days, it would have contributed to some of the uh, subsidies, but it was going to be the, the contributor to the, um, to the charging stations, and that's where the weakness is in the market. If you, uh, if you have all of these vehicles going on the road and were able to hit anywhere close to the numbers that the government was hoping for, you needed a lot more charging stations and they had to be virtually on every corner or in every condominium building. And, you know, an average condominium building to put in the power that was going to provide uh, the appropriate number of charging stations that uh, the government was targeting was probably around $200,000, $250,000. And that alone was going to be a huge ticket for any condominium complex to, to, um, 
meet the demand of the electric vehicles that were hopefully going to be resident in that uh, in that complex. Again, John Carmichael's on the line. He's the CEO of the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council. We're just talking about these rebates being cancelled through cap and trade funds because Doug Ford obviously next that as one of his first orders of business. So now mm-hmm. it will result in electric car sales plummeting in uh, Ontario and the GTA specifically. The other thing I thought uh, had to do with mass production and the fact uh, Tesla, for example, couldn't come up with uh, the requisite numbers of people. There was demand there, but they just couldn't produce them quickly enough. That became an impediment. Well, it really has, except that the um, the rebate was only really available on the, uh, the Model 3 mm-hmm. uh, in the Tesla. And... Um, we're starting to see those now. Uh, as I understand it, they're starting to be delivered uh, by uh, dealers in North America, and we're starting to see them uh, filtering into Canada. But it's the only one who, and, and it was a full $14,000 incentive, uh, but it's the only vehicle that uh, in the Tesla lineup that was getting that number. And um, that will affect uh, the affordability of the car, but let's face it, if it's a great car, uh, consumers are going to buy the car. My worry is who's going to put the charging station in to take care of that vehicle. Yeah, and that's where the I think the um, the complication really arises. It had an attractive or has an attractive price point, doesn't it? The uh, the Model Three. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you're in the you're in the uh, sixty thousand dollar range, and and that and and I think it even it cascades down from there. I thought it was but, about thirty five U.S. maybe. Uh, possibly, I, that, my understanding it was uh, it was in that sixty range that uh, mm. you, you were going to get into that car, and uh, but with a fourteen thousand dollar rebate, mm. that certainly makes it a lot more attractive, doesn't it? Oh, one hundred percent. And so that stopped, and uh, as a consequence, will hit the bottom line, uh, or at least the numbers that uh, maybe people selling these things were anticipating. And of course, as you point out, John, uh, the charging station issue still has to be resolved, and obviously, it's faced a setback now too with the uh, cancelling of the uh well subsidies yeah, for that. I think I think that's I think that's the big trigger that uh if they could fix the charging station issues somehow electric vehicles would be uh much sought after and and as I say that every manufacturer has fabulous product today and uh the, the question just becomes capacity when you look at residential condominiums uh office complexes etc they're starting to see them, but not in the numbers that are necessary to uh, to keep these cars on the road. By the way, at a charging station, how do they calibrate how much your uh, charge is going to cost? Well, that's interesting, um, and I have I don't have enough detail on that for tonight, but I'm happy to get back to you on that. Uh, I do wonder if you talk about a condominium complex that, or a rental complex, or even in your private home, you put in the uh, the charging station. And your uh, your uh, electrical your uh, hydro bills, I would think, are going to go through the moon. And how do you how do you accommodate that at the same time as you're trying to create efficiency on uh, on uh, cars on the road? Well, absolutely. Uh, it's perhaps they're thinking because of the hydro bills going through the moon <laughs> for the last number of years. Nobody will know. They already are. So yeah. who wants to put in a charging station? It's it's an expensive process. Well, there you go. But uh, my hope is they get it sorted out because it, um, as I say, I've I've driven some of these vehicles, and uh, there are some great cars on the road, but 
It's just a matter of economics. Well, and uh, whether the market will respond, because there are not going to be any kind of government incentives, at least not while Doug Ford's in office. Appreciate it very much, John. Give us the update. My pleasure. All right. Good chatting. Always. Thank you. John Carmichael, CEO of the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council and the former Conservative Member of Parliament.